Coming to you from beautiful Flagstaff, Arizona, this is the Drinking Horn Meadcast. Join us as we take a deeper dive into mead and mead culture. I said, are you doing okay? Yeah! Oof. That was crazy. The crowd is huge today. Yeah, there's one one guy going nuts. (laughs) (laughs) This podcast is recorded in front of a live guy. (laughs) Two of them. Welcome to the Meadcast, everybody. That was uh, something, a little gift to you, we'll say. I hope they can hear it. Yeah. Oh, I, I think they could. Excellent. Um, yeah. If not, that's what post audio is for. So, <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, I'm just, just going to go for it. I think you should. That just changed my whole mood today. Sweet. A little, you know, a little music, a little drum beat can go a long way, I guess. It can. But also, I need to up my mic just a little bit. There. So that it can go further. Further. So now we're going to hit Norway. We're actually going to be talking to people in Norway about things in Norway. Oh, I know we're going to get some, we're going to get some emails back. What? There's some pronunciations that, oh, I don't, that I don't think I'm going to do so good with. Yeah, same. Um, yeah, so we'll just give a blanket. Um, I don't know if it has to be an apology, but a blanket statement right now that uh, neither me nor Evan are going to be perfect in our pronunciations of some of these um, names of places or things or i don't know i don't even know what you've got it's kind of a it's a special Uh, episode most of mine aren't too bad there's uh some of the j's on things kind of mess me up yeah because i want to huh i want to h them yeah and they need to be wide not h'd was my wow but not jade but not jade oh no 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 j no or yeah yeah or sometimes (laughs) no the huh is like the is the new mexican in me that wants to i want to like like javelina yeah, exactly. Mm. Javelina. <laughs> I hate javelinas. Yeah, they're not my favorite. Well, they kind of are my favorite creature because they add some extra spice of life up here in the mountains. <laughs> like when you have to go out and fight a pack of them to like get them off your trash. Yeah. it's. I'd like the excitement. Oh, man. Fighting them off of trash, I guess, would be kind of fun. Fighting them off of your dog when you're hiking would not be fun. That's just always the worry in the back of my head. Oh, that is going to... Yeah. Yeah. That old, old panda bear will get rampaged by some blind stinky rodents yeah my my ham bone does tend to start fights he can't finish <laughs> your ham bone does so for those who don't know <laughs> his ham bone is not colloqui- colloquial term for something it's his actual dog named ham bone yeah he's cool well, actually i don't know that for a fact maybe you do have a colloquial term Whew, i don't even know if i'm using that word correctly i don't either yeah all right. Well, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode number 30 of the Drinking Horn Meadcast. Meadcast, Meadcast, Meadcast. As usual, uh, I am one of your co-hosts, Nick. And I am your other co-host, Evan. And uh, yeah, so good to have you in. We've got an interesting episode today. We do. I'm pretty excited about it. I'm excited to see how it goes. It's it's a burgeoning new thing. Not new, new and old and just like mead, actually. Wow. 
Good intro, just like, like Mead. I yeah. like that segue. What do you mean, Evan? Because uh, we're going to be talking about uh, some more recent finds, um, recent in the sense of like found recently, of uh, archaeological sites. Yeah. It's pretty cool. There's been a lot of really interesting stuff. I don't know. What, I mean, maybe it's just the internet and the way the search engines work, but m- almost all of mine are from October, November, December. Yeah, so the the last couple of months of 2022, I found that also like like there wasn't any from like February or March, you know, like I mean, really, they're, are, they're all, probably, are all but... of yours kind of recent too? So Nick and mm-hmm. I both did our yeah. our own independent research, um, trying to coordinate enough to make sure we don't overlap. So we're actually going to be telling each other about these things. Yeah, yeah, that's another cool part. I don't know really like the articles. Or I don't know the details of the articles. Again, we told each other yeah. the articles because we didn't want to overlap. But yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll tell a little bit about some of the archaeological finds. And when we're talking about these finds, we're speaking specifically in the, you know, what would be kind of the like Norway, Denmark, Scandinavia, I guess, the Scandinavian yes. finds. And in the time era of what we, what we loosely kind of call uh, the Viking era, which shortly into research i quickly had questions about oh i can't wait to hear you talk about those because i am an expert in not knowing that stuff right (laughs) so (laughs) So, yeah well i think i think it's funny it's still called viking age everywhere which uh i think most of our listeners would know that like it's i'm not 100 percent sure maybe maybe there is some justification for why they call it the viking age instead of like the the epic of the Norsemen or the, the, you know, the era of the Norsemen or Norse people. Um, so I don't know that cause it's a relatively short period. You're talking 793 AD to 1066 AD. Yeah. Which is, uh, that's wait, what was that? That last one till 10, 1066. 1066. Okay. Cause I know the reason for the first, you know, that's, that's specific. You know, the, right? The first raid. And I know the right? reason. Yeah, the first raid on the monastery. Yeah, the Lind. Ah, all right, sorry, I'm butchering already. But the, yeah. the Lindisfarne. Lindisfarne. I was trying that one earlier today too. I was listening while I was walking the dog about this. Uh, this cool. I'll put a link. Actually, there's a really cool short episode of the short history of Vikings. So, but Linda, Lind, yeah, Lindisfarne, Lindisfarne yeah. monastery in southern England. Yeah. Yeah, and that so that was kind of the the first raid. It wasn't actually the first raid, I guess, but it was it was the sparking of like they're like, oh shit, <laughs> These, right? There's some people coming in, and I think it was the first, wasn't it? But it was slightly before 793. A lot of the stuff that I was finding was saying it was like I don't have my laptop in front of me, but like uh, I want to say 787. Yeah. Yeah, so I think in in the first couple of years there was like they were coming over. It was almost like they were testing the waters. Again, I'm not an expert in this. Maybe someday we'll have one on the Meadcast. If you know an expert in Viking history and they would love to be on the Meadcast, email me nick at drinkinghornmeadery.com. Yeah, come school us. Yeah. So I just I I only say that because I heard there was like boats that would come over and like they were like they were kind of you know testing the waters a little bit like 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 they were they, they'd been seen for a little bit like a couple right. of years before that before actual actually coming in blood spilling well, raid which, which makes sense like i think like i was reading there's you know a whole bunch of different theories on why exactly this era became an era right mm. like why did the raids all of a sudden start happening um and one of them was like uh demographic sort of issues like just the the number of people for the amount of land was starting to become mm. unmanageable and so people saw greater aspects out other places um <clears throat> like another facet of the time is that most of northwestern england 
was not super unified during this period. Hmm. So like you might get resistance out of one area, but they ain't calling for backup <laughs> because uh. it's like, they're, they're pretty like not isolated kingdoms, but they were very small, broken up kingdoms. And so there wasn't like a strong unified resistance against their raids. Maybe that caused more of a uh, unification after they started getting hit. They're like, oh, crap, we need to kind of come together, maybe. It, it could have been. I think mm -hmm. that is one of the aspects. Like, we'd, we'd have to have our, our local historian chance on with <laughs> us to, to verify. Yeah. But I think that's definitely, like, what part of what caused their own fall was their raids and the ununification down there, which, you know, terror would probably help increase <laughs> their odds of wanting to unify. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> help! Help! <laughs> So yeah, that is interesting. Was there anything that else that like why it was again called the Viking Age and not something else? Because like maybe, that was just one part of what was going on in the world. That's when the actual raiding was going on. So Viking is a verb, yes. right? It's yes. something you do. Vikinger would be people that are currently Viking. <laughs> you know what I mean? Currently, so like, like currently, as in in the act of. Oh, you okay. I, mean. I thought you meant right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Uh, so like Viking, Viking is a verb. So I find it interesting that they, uh, call it the Viking age, but maybe that's exactly what they were trying to get across by calling it. That is that this is the period mm. where they were raiding as opposed to later on when they would settle down, unify, so on and so forth. Gotcha. Yeah. That makes sense. When you think about it that way, it could have been called something like the raiding age. Right. Cause the, like cause the first King of the Dane, of the Dane, of the dunes, I was reading rune, right. As I said, Dane, wow. um, the first <laughs> King of the Danes, as we know, and all of you guys know from previous podcasts is King Harold Gormson Bluetooth. Mm -hmm. And that was, um, 965 AD. Oh, okay. Well, that was when, all right, I could be wrong on that. That is, uh, the Denmark is named anyway in 965. So I'm assuming that's when the unification was. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, lots of lots of tiny little holes. We'll have uh, this is a Swiss cheese episode, possibly. Yes. It's, uh, <laughs> but it'll still be entertaining. Yeah, and hopefully it's encouraging you guys to go out and learn more because I know I'm going to be writing my little notes in here as we talk about this, um, and 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 gaining more breadth of knowledge. Yeah, absolutely. Breadth. Breadth. I don't know my words today. I'm going to add to that by opening up a uh, delicious bottle of mead with hops. Oh, what are we doing? Like eight minutes into the episode, not having a bottle open. Wow. Well, um, let's just start by saying this is a carbonated mead. Yeah. <clears throat> that was and, nice. Well, and we're drinking it at warehouse room temp. Yes. Which is like 58. So it's a little, a little warm, a little warm for a carbonated bevy. Yeah. Well, we do what we do. You know, we're like, Hey, you want to record a, a podcast episode? <laughs> oh. Wow. Bubbles are. Angry. That is awesome. Cool. I might have to uh, up that while you're bringing it over to me. Uh, while you're bringing that over, I'll just tell everyone that in the show notes uh, and possibly uh, somewhere on the website, I will have the links to each of the articles that we will be discussing. So you can go through and then, you know, either look at the articles. There'll be a couple of photos that we'll talk about. At least I will. I don't know about Evan, um, but you might want to see some of those. And then usually at the end of the articles, there's like you know, further reading or like this article, just like this article. And you can kind of go down the rabbit hole like I did. But again, I'll have the links posted in the show notes wherever <clears> you find this. And as always, if you enjoy this Meadcast, the number three thing you can do is to like the episode somehow. If that's, there's not a whole lot of liking, I think, on the 
on the podcast, you know, podcatchers. No. But um, <clears throat> just sit there and think, I like it. Download and share. <laughs> yeah. So the number two thing you can do is to subscribe, I think, to to our Meadcast. Um, so you make sure and get all the episodes right to you. And then the number one Who do you work for, thing. number two? <laughs> number one thing, at least in my mind and probably in everyone else's, is, uh, you know, if you think someone else would like this podcast, tell them about it. Like, hey, have you heard the Drinking Horn Mead cast? Make sure to start off that conversation by, so I was listening to a podcast. <laughs> yeah, you can. Yes, you have to do that. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, yeah, you can find us all over the place. So, okay, you poured um, a nice, this is this is cool. It's in like a, almost like a beer glass, which is it's like apropos. A, I would call it a beer flute. A beer flute. Yeah. Can I play it? It's, you put Michelob That's Ultra a, in that thing. That it's, look at this. It looks like the champagne of meads. <laughs> it's super carbonated. It's really good. The hops stayed in really, really nicely. Oh, this um, has hops? We haven't even actually talked about what we've got in I think I, I mentioned that. I said oh, it was mead, yeah, mead oh. with hops. Oh, my bad. My and bird. It's, a, it's a beautiful little brown bottle. Very different from the rest of ours. Um, love the art on it. I love, we, we dry hopped it so it doesn't have boiled hops in it. So it doesn't nope. have that bitterness component, at least not initially, it has gained a little bitterness. It's a little, mm. it's gained a little smoothness and a little bitterness, but the hop has not gone away at all. Oh, dang um, it. do you remember the name of the hop off the top of your head? Uh, Sultana. Yeah, Sul- yeah. Sultana, Sultana, banana, banana. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Sultana hops, dry hopped. I, every time I take a drink of this, a little sip, I did not know what to expect room temperature for this beverage, oh, but I am not mad at it. It's such a good mead. That is weird. I'm being honest on here and just saying like it, it sold really poorly. Yeah. Um, just yeah. as a, as a mead. I don't mind. It's just numbers. Mm-hmm. I don't take it personally. <laughs> <laughs> um, but hey, let like me grab it, some Kleenex. Thanks, man. Uh, but it's, it's a really good mead. It's nicely balanced. Um, it's definitely on the drier end of things, but it still has that, you know, it's got, you can, you can taste the, the OB, the orange blossom in there. Um, and it's just a, it's a rock star of a mead, crystal clear, carbonated to perfection. If you like the taste of beer without the feeling of beer, which is kind of where I'm at personally is like, I, I, there's lots of beers I love. I just don't like the buzz or the bloat or the headache the next morning out of it. So I don't drink beer, but I miss the taste of it. And so this is my, like, this was supposed to be the love child of a lager and a traditional mead. Mm. I... Uh, I've got nothing else to say. I agree hundred percent with all that, except I can only say that like, maybe it's a little <laughs> cover your ears, Evan. Maybe it's a good thing that it didn't sell so well because I like it a lot better now than I did when it first came out. I think this thing has actually aged to a huge surprise because anything, you know, beer related, you don't age. I mean, unless it's like a super high alcohol, like a, you know, barrel aged stout or something like that, or a barley wine, but like unexpectedly, this is, I haven't had this in a little while. It's it's even better than it used to be. Okay, man, we are hyping this up. I did that with a, uh, I actually had a a two year old root beer. Uh, sometimes some mead gets Mm. lost in my basement and then I find (laughs) it later. Yeah. And, uh, this was one of those and it, you know, what was weird is it tasted almost like a cream soda. Oh yeah. I was like, you have gone from root beer to cream soda. 
Wow. It was really, really good. That one, which that's not one that I would expect. Being that it's all herbs and spices, I would not expect that one to age very well either. <clears throat> unless it it's kinda, done wonderfully. Unless it's just done amazingly, yeah. which apparently <laughs> it was because it yeah. was delicious. Yeah. Wow. Um, cool. So just, uh, you know, to sum it up, uh, go get some of this mead. It's delicious. Um, wow. Gosh. You're Sorry, so I'm like I He's am. So surprised. Like, it's it's kind of weird. It's a really good mead. Yeah, I, I'm fine that nobody else wanted it because that just leaves more mead for me. Yeah, but go get it. Um, I think most of my surprise, again, I, I know I said this before, but it's just how how good it tastes. Um, not cold. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's not hot. No, it's not hot or warm or anything. Like I said, about sixty. Yeah, sixty-ish. Perfect. Perfect. Warehouse temp. Yeah, so that's what we're drinking. Um, now we'll tell you what we're thinking. Oh, yeah, you want to? Do you just want to alternate? You want to go first? Yeah, uh, yeah, that sounds good. Um, we, uh, oh man, I am blowing this up, and I don't know why. Hold on, I'm sorry. It's all that excitement you're getting. It is, yeah. I'm like maybe way it's the too carbonation here. The carbonation is causing my microphone to blow up. You're not nearly as high as I am. So I, <laughs> I'm I'm higher than you are on the, in the but only in this aspect. Um, because this, we slightly go uphill in the Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's Your chair is a little higher. You got the king, like the throne chair right now. Yeah, it's also the noisiest chair, so oh, sorry about that. I thought mine that. was, too. Oh, well, when you do that, don't do that. <laughs> I'm going to try not to. Yeah. I'm holding real still, and I'm also going to rock some proper posture. Whoa, the RPP. Mm. Um, okay. Yeah, you know me. <laughs> Actually, you don't know me. I slouch a lot. <laughs> No, uh, this uh, segment brought to you by Standing Desks. Get a standing desk and get, rock your posture right. <laughs> Sponsor us, standingdesk.com. Yeah. yeah, please. We love you. Uh, yeah, okay, so first article. So my first article, um, and I looked up two different articles on this just to kind of like, you know, grab all the information I could. But this one is called Ancient Hieroglyphs Discovered in Ukrainian Caves. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and so I grabbed this one and kind of took claimsies on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because one of my favorite activities is going into the canyon or into like southern Utah and looking and finding uh, petroglyphs and pictographs and stuff like that. Is this a canyon of that magnitude? No. Where oh, they okay. found this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's like, so one of the kind of common themes. Canyons can describe a lot of things and being from out here. Oh, like, what do you mean it's not nine miles deep? <laughs> yeah. I, okay, so I guess I d- had, oh, wow. I didn't look at the topography of the area, Yeah, yeah. but it's in a neighborhood. Gotcha. So I think a common theme in some of these is that, at least for my articles, was that these things were first discovered and, and stumbled upon during construction uh, or like deconstruction of buildings in like, Progress. Like houses and development. Yeah, yeah. Progress. Progress found all of these. (laughs) Some people call it progress. (laughs) I call it an egress of evil. Oh. No. Um, Yeah, so this is just, it's in just like a kind of a neighborhood kind of place. And so a Ukrainian explorer (laughs) followed his grandmother's clues and discovered a lost cave system in the middle of Kiev. And this happened last year? Uh, Yes. Yep. Oh. Yeah, so this um, this article is November 2022, and I think he went in not too long before that wow. and found it. Under under siege and exploring. 
so that's yeah one of the things <laughs> that <laughs> that got me into you know i went down you know the kind of rabbit hole pardon me it is carbonated um <laughs> of looking at some of this and, and so yeah they they are having an issue right now like like there's two threats in this area of of history and, and these past archaeological finds uh so it's kind of two-pronged one of them is development you know development of the areas and the other one is is war and so they've kind of they're fighting literally fighting these battles um to try to save and preserve some of these sites so it's crazy because those sites might have been there because of people fighting yeah. in the same area oh yeah yeah a thousand years ago Ex- totally oh that's a cool connection i didn't think about it but they talk about in this that uh, some of the experts there thought that this was a refuge cave for turmoil. Oh, no kidding. So, or a dungeon. I mean, it could be either one. Well, I don't know what a dungeon is then, I guess. I think of like dragons with gold and stuff like that, but like... I mean, like... Uh, what is it? It could just be a cave that they like wedge some bars into so you can't get out. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I also could have just looked up what a dungeon is defined as. Is it like... A place to store things? A place to store people. People? Yeah. Yeah. Like a dungeon, like that's where you, it's like a prison, essentially. Okay. I could have, I could have done a little research. I think of them as just a ancient days prison. Yeah. That's all a dungeon is. Yeah. You're like chained to the wall and there's like rats. Take them to the dungeon. Yeah. Crawling up your leg. Just a prison. Yeah. So anyway, (laughs) so in uh, Kiev, just like outside in the, you know, kind of. Well, it says in the middle of Kiev. So uh, they were going to develop this area. centered. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Right in the middle. Um, (laughs) Right there. And then so they made this kind of announcement. And I think this guy works for like kind of like a preservation company uh, or group. And he recognized one of the addresses of one of the when they put out the statement of where they were going to be doing construction. And he remembered it as his grandmother's old house that had like, it was dilapidated, like fell down. And he said, there's only like really one little wall left on it. But he remembered his grandma talking about this cave with these, you know, things in it. And he had looked before and hadn't found anything, but I guess didn't really look that hard. And when he saw that announcement, he was like, okay, I'm going to go again. I'm going to grab He grabbed a couple of friends and, you know, just went out and, walked around for a couple hours looking and he found the entrance to the cave just in the side of the rock. Hmm. And so they went in and spent a couple hours in there looking around. And I guess there's four caverns and only two have been looked at at the, at the time of this article. And he found little shards of, and then he, Oh, and then he, he came out, he, he took some photos, he came out and he called an actual archeologist to come out uh, you know, an expert in the field. And he went in and spent like more time. He said that then he, he was like, man, he's in there a long time, but it was because this dude was geeking out. He was like, Oh my gosh, this is so cool. <laughs> it wasn't cause he had fallen down a side shaft. Oh gosh, I guess. Not. <clears throat> yeah. And I don't know the layout, like how crazy big and stuff this is. There's, there's a photo on the link that I'll share of, of the guys in it. And they're kind of like, hunched down and looking at stuff. But, um, yeah, again, there's more to explore in there, but what they found was shards of pottery. And then also these inscriptions, these carvings that were of the, uh, Kievan Rus, which was kind of a, a people or a time. The Rus, uh, was an area there in Ukraine. 
and it was it was actually a trade route uh, between Scandinavia and Consta- Constantinople. <laughs> Istanbul was Constantinople, now it's Istanbul, now Constantinople, been a long time gone. Constantinople, now it's Turkish delight, on a moonlit night. You know, the Viking or Norse came through there, uh, through the trade route, huh. and because there was one Viking rune in there of what is known as the um, Olgis, which is the chicken paw. So it's like that protection rune. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it looks like an upside down peace sign kind of. Mm-hmm. Or like a, like <clears throat> or like a, a raven turkey foot. foot or a raven foot or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so um, that was cool. So they found both these, you know, kind of two cultures of carvings in there. Um, so That is so far east. Yeah, Ukraine. Yeah. Like that's pretty... You, I, we just always think of like the Vikings as like sticking within like running distance of a waterway. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. That's really One of my other articles, uh, or actually I'm not going to talk about that article, but <laughs> there's also, I found a discovery cause it's 2023. I was mm-hmm. just listening today. Um, to, I was listening to a podcast and <laughs> they were talking about this new, they, this study, they took 300 ancient like bodies or parts of bodies or whatever, like found grave findings, um, that were in that re in the, you know, Viking region and did DNA and created this kind of like heat map of like where Mm. they went and where it came, like some DNA genetics came in left and all that. And they were showing, yeah, some like really far kind of reaches. That's the DNA stuff has been like in the last year has been really interesting to, to keep up with. Um, <clears throat> cause the technology has improved so much, mm, yeah. you know, before you had to have like an actual tissue sample with certain conditions, making sure that like things hadn't broken down, blah, blah, blah. And now they can actually like sample DNA out of dirt. Like where somebody <laughs> pissed. Oh, oof. yeah. <laughs> you gotta know that. Like you can there, just sample. Well, you just find or these areas just... like these burial grounds and you know that people were all over it. You know, whether buried in it or, or being on it or dropping hairs on it or whatever. And so they just sample all this dirt and they can pull out massive amounts of human DNA. Mm. <laughs> it's Man, wild. That is. That's crazy. Science! Science! Yeah. And unfortunately, um, or whatever, they could do that, but they can't. They still can't, like, pull DNA from, like, burnt bones. You know, and, and yeah, certain, certain conditions were... will, will totally eliminate the ability <laughs> the to... Yeah, and that was something they were talking about. There's a huge skewing possibility with this study because uh, the Vikings, and, and again, we know dead. that Viking is a you know it's a it's the a, Norse it's a verb, yeah. but um, their burials when they you know their their funerals or burials they were cremating people. Oh, that's so, crazy. Yeah, it could have taken away a lot of evidence uh, or a lot of genetic diversity that mm. we would have known about. But unfair sample. Yeah, but a sample nonetheless to think about. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so these carvings, I thought it was um, kind of interesting. I didn't, yeah, I didn't know Ukraine was was part of the, you know, that kind of scope of things with the trade route and and all that. But there were Slavic Vikings um, that were there between the ninth and eleventh centuries. And so, uh, yep, that was my article. Uh, hopefully, they, they'll they find spread some... out pretty far. Yeah, and a lot of times they were just kind of integrated into the society, like as the raiding stopped or they set down roots. Like, you know, it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, another thing they were talking about the DNA, um, they took slaves a lot, mm-hmm. like when they would do their raids, and so they would bring them back. And so that's how some of that DNA would come back into the Scandinavian area from their raiding area. So that just kind of mixed it all in mm-hmm. as well. Increasing biodiversity. 
Take that, you celibate monks. Yeah. Oh, oh man. Yeah. And they were talking. Oh, I've been learning a lot. Sorry. A lot through this. No, no, no. Yeah. They're like the monks were like, you know, the, the monks were there writing things down, whereas, you know, the Viking culture didn't have any kind of religious sect of their people writing things down. No, they didn't, so, have, like, they didn't have books. Yeah. Not in, the, not in the sense that we think of them. So the history we know is written all by the people who were attacked by them. Right. So of course <laughs> it makes them look like, you know, all the, all the things. There was prayers back in the day to like try to help specifically keep the Norsemen away. Yeah. 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 I, I bet. <laughs> yeah. I bet. You need those. Cool. Well, that's, that's my uh, first article. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, I want to go explore the cave. Hopefully they'll find those other two rooms, you know, open them up and find some some cool stuff. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Before, you know, getting hopefully shelled. It, yeah, that's hopefully it doesn't get destroyed in the process. Yeah. Um, all right. <clears throat> so mine, I don't have the name of any of my articles. So I'm just oh. giving you the heads up on that. <laughs> uh, but mine uh, comes from Vastmanland in Sweden. Oh. Um, the article was from October 25th, 2022. Um, Vastmanland is a county in the in Sweden, west of Stockholm, just to kind of give people an idea of where, where those things are at. Mm. Um, and this was exactly like we were talking about earlier. They were attempting to widen a road and discovered a burial ground. <laughs> yeah. Which, like, all this stuff makes sense. You know, like, humans tend to gravitate towards the same areas for building a road, whether it's mm. by hand with stone or with pavers or with you know, big heavy equipment, like you're still shooting for the path of least resistance. So in areas where people have lived building roads for a long, long, long time, it's, it's not really surprising to me at least to be finding those in that situation. It makes sense. Yeah, it's true. Um, so it was around a hundred graves, um, dating from 600 to 1000 AD. And so there's, <clears throat> there's obviously a wide variety of peoples in there. Um, and like we talked about earlier, there could have been lots of raiding going on prior to the Viking age, but it just wasn't, maybe it just wasn't written down. Yeah. Um, they could have been hitting smaller settlements that didn't have scribes yeah. and then eventually figured like, oh, yeah, we're big enough now. <laughs> we can go after something with a little more meat. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. They could have killed everybody in there and burned it down. Yeah. Mm, yeah. You have no idea. Yeah. Your book burns real well. The book you wrote about me, it burns <laughs> real well. Um. <clears throat> So they're, they're thinking this area was probably, once again, sort of a, a burial site alongside a major pathway um, that was in use for hundreds of years, 400 years. Um, they found two swords, which were stabbed upright into like two graves at the top of it um, that they're guessing is from around 800 AD. Um, soon the swords don't have like runes or anything like that stamped on them, but it is definitely like the, the metallurgy was very much what they would expect for the Viking age. Huh. Um, so that was kind of interesting. And most likely it's like, you know, maybe, maybe they couldn't burn stuff back then. There's a lot of these areas that are really wet yeah. <laughs> and at times have been treeless. And so sometimes you don't have a lot of options as far as being able to, to burn something. So maybe these, I don't know, hmm. just along those lines, they might've just buried them on the roadside, stuck the sword in the top of it and called it good. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm interested to know about like finding it that way. So that means like there was backfill higher than a sword. Yeah. Or did the sword, I guess, go like back backfill? In, from or? my understanding, anyway, was that it was a backfill, like it was, it had buried the sword. Yeah, essentially over time. Like they knew somehow that it was like they found it upright. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty. Yeah, tall. They, they found it upright. Huh. But and it must have been like relatively close to some sort of a city or town or significant, you know, settled human population, um, because they mentioned in the article that. Um, 
they could tell like people had been there and I don't know exactly how they know this. It's probably between the, the swords being upright. And then I think they found a lot of like offering kind of stuff that mm. had been buried and preserved there. So like kind of like sticking flowers on a tombstone sort of thing. Oh, oh, like yeah. people were probably coming out to these sites and like they, they had some kind of actually more interesting stuff. Um, my note says burial grounds in the Viking age were considered places for both the dead and the living. People would perform rituals, eat sacrificial meals and otherwise interact with the dead long after their burial. Hmm. Um, which you know, sounds human. Yeah. Yeah. We still do that. Bring flowers, you know, on anniversaries of, you know, yeah. to grave sites. But it is crazy that like those things can just end up buried because they don't dig down super deep for building a road most of the time. Anyway, you're not digging. Oh yeah. You're usually just like three, four feet. I mean, if you're not having to level, you know, um, dealing with elevation change, but it's, you don't go maybe six feet. You're not digging very far down, but it was enough that, like you said, like these things that had been upright, they knew they were upright and had been buried back over again. Yeah. Um, huh. It was kind of, so it was kind of a big deal because only 20 Viking swords have ever been found in vast Manland in Sweden. Oh, um, in this County. So it's, it's not that many, but you think about like, I mean, they're using iron, right? That was, I believe that was a lot of iron for their, their metallurgy practice back then. And it was, uh, yeah, it rusts. Huh. Oh, it, I see what you're saying. It, it dies. That's over why time. not many were found. Right. Right. Cool. And I think we've built on top of a lot of these sites, like I said, where people have lived for forever. So it's like, it's, didn't they find one last year, like in the middle of London, that was like one of the a king's grave or something oh, like that. <laughs> yeah. Like an English king. And they're like, Oh shit, look at that. And yeah. as they were like breaking a parking lot up to build a building or something. So there's a lot of stuff still out there. <clears throat> yeah. We all been living in the same places for a long time. So yeah. this stuff gets just, it just gets buried cities on top of cities on top of cities. Yeah. Someday they'll find some of our stuff. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they're going to find a lot of our stuff. Plastic sticks around forever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we don't worry about that degrading. Yeah. Um, so the site was uncovered. Uh, oh, this site uncovered cremated human and animal remains, um, game pieces, which I'm oh. like, Oh, anytime I hear game pieces, when we're talking about one of these, I love Nifetoffel. Nifetoffel yeah. yeah. And so like, I'm always hoping it's, it's one of those. So Nifetoffel is a, is a, a Norse game that they've kind of pieced back together. Um, they found a lot of the same pieces in a whole lot of graves and were able to sort of make up rules basically to it because it's not like we had any written instructions on it, but they would find the game boards and they would find the pieces. Um, and so we kind of guess it, guess it how it's played. Um, but there's rules now, right? Yeah. Or, we got or rules at least now. there's common yeah, yeah. rules. Yeah. 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 It's kind of like, Uno. there's probably regional rules, regional, regional Nefeltoffel. Yeah. That, so, that's, it sounds like a good excuse for if I lose, I'm like, Oh, you were playing a different regional rules than I was. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> oh, that's how you use a skip. Mm, uh. Whatever. Um, so it also said that they found a very poorly preserved boat grave in there. Boat grave? Boat grave. Oh. Where like, so it must've been relatively close to water, right? Like mm. my kid got back from old Czech Republic there and like that place is filled with waterways. Mm. So maybe like, and, and part of what the technological advancement that allowed these Norse boats to be so successful was that they were very good at sailing in deep and shallow water. Mm, yeah. yeah. So it, <clears throat> I don't, I don't, like you said, you know, I don't know the, the topography over there. Um, but apparently close enough to drag a fucking boat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when you say a boat grave or like a boat had, burial, it was described as like basically like the boats there and then they put the, 
the body of the chief okay. or whatever. It was definitely somebody significant. And they put them inside of the boat and then probably burned the whole thing. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe just buried it, but probably burned it. Probably. So like, if they buried the boat, though, then they could have buried those graves that had the sword standing <clears throat> upright. Because maybe you want to leave your kin with their sword that they fought with in life, but you don't want other people to steal it. So you still do it upright as would be like your proper ceremony or whatever, but you bury it. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Just as far as like yeah, your, it's not you know, what you were talking out for about. Like right, right. Tom Hoo-ha to come walking by and grab you like, oh, cool, I got a new sword. And tell everybody they pulled it out of a rock. and <laughs> Yeah, now they're king. <laughs> Uh, Arthur. <laughs> oh, it's good stuff. So that's that's it for that one. Uh, the burial ground, what they could see for it, was built on top of an even older farm. <laughs> Locally mm. from, like, uh, they think that the farm was Iron Age elites just by the quality of the metalwork and stuff like that that they found in it. Hmm. Um, so it's like layering system. You got, like, a, it's like a cake. Or it's like an onion. Yeah, it's got layers. Yeah, and, well, and what's under that, you know? Like, yeah. that's what I'm saying. It's like, we've been building on top of the same places for a long time now. Probably a Starbucks. And, like, right? <laughs> Two of them right across from each <laughs> <Yeah>. other. <laughs> Either side of the road. Uh. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Right on. A lot, of, a lot of, a lot of, how many, how many swords? 20 Viking swords have been found in Vastmanland. Oh, but how many in this one? There was three? There was two. Two. Okay. Two. So 10% increase. 10% increase in one find. Yeah. Well, it went to 10%. 8%. Math. Eight. Eight. It was eight. Yeah. All right. So my next article is, uh, I'm just going to read a little, uh, the intro here. Uh, Sweden sees Norway's Viking hack silverboard. I'm going to start over. <laughs> I was so confused. It is a little confusing if you don't know. Uh, so Sweden sees Norway's Viking hack silver hoard and raises with a Viking hoard of silver jewelry and coins in pristine unhacked condition. So <laughs> it's like kind of like What do they a, mean by hacked? Like, like hacked up. Actually like, like chopped? Like, oh, like, I don't think so. I think just in bad condition. They not, like, not like a fake Oh, no, yeah, not like a fake. He's like, a hack. Just bad condition. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So Sweden sees Norway's Viking hack silver hoard and raises with a Viking hoard of silver jewelry and coins in pristine, unhacked condition. What is that? Oh, is that the heater? Nah, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> you keep talking. I'm going to turn off the heater. Okay. So this article... Um, Kind of the relevance of it. Well, it was October, uh, October 2022. And so it talks about a site that was found, <laughs> a site that was found in, um, in Sweden, but in Oslo. Uh, and so it was one. Oh, no, this was not Oslo. Wrong article. Sorry. Oslo. Oh. Oh. He still said Oslo forward. Oh, Losla. Um, so <laughs> archaeologists in Sweden have unearthed a once-in-a-lifetime trove of jewelry dating back an estimated 1,000 years to the Viking Age. Despite their age, the pieces are in near-pristine condition and look like they're almost completely new. So where did they find this? Kind of cool. Vigbyholm. But like in, in like a burial, like a grave. Oh, so it was another, they, they were going to do a, a new development, a new building, uh-huh. and it was in a hillside. Um, and they were cutting off the hillside to... I guess so, yeah. Um, and it, the photo doesn't look very hilly, but... <laughs> we already cut it in the photo. A neighborhood in the Tabby municipality. So just a neighborhood. 
So getting ready to do a new development and they discovered this and there's a little video in the link of the article that I'll share in the show notes of them actually pulling these necklaces out and they're torque style necklaces. Oh, you did show me that. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, yeah. And they're like, it's like super nerve wracking. You're like, God, don't break this. Don't break it. And yeah. You're trying to get it out of there. Just yank that fucker out of there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Boink. Boink. And uh, yeah, it's these necklaces. So if you think of a torque style necklace, it's like, it's not like a, like a chain. It's like a metal that goes, wraps around and then, but it doesn't make a complete circle. It stops in usually like either hooks or like little balls at the end. So you kind of yeah, like you kind of have to spread like spread it, put and it push on. it on, and it sort of retains memory of shape and yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So they found uh, I think eight of those, and then one of the so those were really cool. What kind of metal? But oh, I don't know. Uh, metal that can last in dirt really, really long time. Gold, silver. It, no, it's silver. They said I think silver. Man. Thanks for asking the hard questions. That's what I'm here for. Yeah. I'm just so curious. Um, I have a curious little mind. National Enquirer. Mostly just little, <laughs> but also slightly curious. Cool. I like that you're doing that because I'm trying to figure out. That's what I'm doing. What I'm covering. Is. I'm covering for you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. So uh, I, was, I was thinking about this small hill just as you were talking about it too, right? <clears throat> and once again, like being from the Southwest, um, they have Native Americans would sometimes make mounds and bury as burial sites. And it's not a huge feature. Yeah. So like once again, when you say like out of a hillside, like I'm used to like, I think a 500 foot mountain yeah. is a joke. <laughs> yes. Yeah, right? That's straight up a joke. Like it, it's the technical definition for a mountain is 500 feet taller than its surrounding area. Hmm. That's Mom a hill, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So these little hillsides is more just right. like a little bump. So it could just be a little bump, yeah, which, the, which could be get. not just a natural land feature, but actually a burial mound yeah i don't know yep no that's very true yeah so you gotta take the words and these are all translated at least the ones i got most of them were translated um so this was yeah a lot of mine were too so you can never be like totally sure of yeah linguistic accuracy (laughs) yep yeah they uh they stumbled upon a small ceramic pot tucked beneath the remnants of a building's wooden floors inside they found eight torque style neck rings one finger ring in the pot I guess so. Yeah, like wow. it was just it was a it was a stash. Yeah, like a safety deposit. How old is this house? Oh. <laughs> uh, I mean, they said it dated back to a thousand back a thousand years. The house did. To, well, the jewelry. Right, right. But I'm wondering, like, if it's just like stashed under the floorboards, like, is that because somebody else found it later on and then stashed it there, or is this oh, house right. actually old enough to be like an original, an OG stash? To be determined. Oh. Yeah, not sure. Not sure. I'm going to have to write, I'm going to have to write some people. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Go in the comments. I'm sure you'll get great answers. Oh yeah. (laughs) Accuracy. Um, so one of the, I I think the cooler things that they found were these coins. So I think it was actually in a little purse type of thing. Let's see. Two arm. They also found a, oh, a linen pouch. So they found a linen pouch. This is well preserved. Yeah. They contain 12 coin pendants, which is like coins used as jewelry. And this actually showed them kind of cool some of the far reach of this, at least this area of where they went. Mm-hmm. Or, or maybe people came to them also. Uh, but they had um, everywhere from, oh, I forget the first thing, but it was all there's coins from Europe, which is like, okay, cool. But then there's some Arabic uh, uh, dirhams, which are historical monetary coins, but they're also still, they're still today. 
like deer oh, hunters wow. in the Arabic nations. Well, that doesn't surprise me. Haven't you seen 13th Warrior? I don't think so. <laughs> With Antonio Banderas? No. It's all about Vikings. Oh, it is? Yeah. Oh, I need to watch that. Oh, yeah. Oh, cool. And he goes in like into Arabic nations? Well, he's he's Arabic. Oh, Antonio Banderas okay. is supposed to be Arabic, I think, gotcha. in this one. Like, there's a line in there where they're, where they're all drinking, all the Vikings, and he's like, oh, no, I, I cannot drink. And he's like, no, it's okay. It's fermented from honey. Yeah. And then he's like, yeah, oh. from honey. And then they all start drinking together. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Honey. <laughs> It's made from honey. Oh, wow. I've really got to see that. Great movie. 13th Warrior. Up there with the classics. Oh, sounds like it. I mean, anything with Antonio Bandaras. <laughs> Even my name is sexy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's cool that, uh, I mean, that's over like, you know, 3,000 miles away from this site. Um, or, well, from Sweden. So, um, And fewer waterways. Um, yeah, yeah, some would say not really... Many at all. I don't know. I mean, I guess. Travel up the Egyptian River. The Egyptian River. <laughs> what is that? The Nile. There we yeah. go. <laughs> I like the Egyptian River. Um, um, yeah, so there's some photos of these torque uh, necklaces and, and the little ring pendants. They're just basically, or I mean, coin pendants. They're just coins with these little clasp kind of spots on them. But um, yeah, the, the lady was, where's her... Uh, her uh, quote here this is something you probably only experience once in a lifetime when i started to carefully remove the neck rings one by one i had this extraordinary feeling of they just keep coming and coming <laughs> so must have found i mean there was eight of them and she was just yeah super happy um so yeah so a big old uh jewelry trove found um in in sweden and uh some some cool coins that show uh, a good good deal of movement in that area. How weird that the softest metals or some of the softest metals are the least likely to grade, to degrade in the like natural environment. Mm. Like gold. Like gold, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, you gotta be like the reed and bend and not break. Right. <laughs> Speaking of bending and not breaking, we're gonna bend the podcast right here so that you don't break. <laughs> Yes, that's right. We're only about halfway through this episode, so we're going to split it up into a second episode. This is not going to be going on to the podcast. This is just practice. Nick, get off the roof! Actually, let's just keep that in there. <laughs> well, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode, part one of our Viking Archaeology Finds of 2022. If you enjoyed this episode and you want to hear about some more articles, me and Evan continued our conversation in the next episode, part two, with even more Viking Age finds. As usual, if you enjoyed this, please subscribe, uh, like, comment, let us know what you want to hear in future episodes, and tell people about the Drinking Horn Meadcast. Meadcast, Meadcast, Meadcast. If you know someone who likes bees, mead, and cool Viking shit. Right on. Well, we will catch y'all in the next episode.